can rush through it, right? We can light the candle, we can blow it out, we can get on with life, all right? And then the next thing you know, it's January 1st. And, you know, here comes the new year, and here's my New Year's resolution, and I'm out walking <laughs> for two weeks. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, I ain't doing that anymore. Uh, and, so, and so I just want to just take this time to just reflect on that. We lit the joy candle there, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Now, normally we do a, um, a scripture reading together, but, you know, through the Advent season, if you've been here, uh, we're singing doxology. And um, so if you guys could stand with me, and uh, Rick's not here this Sunday. He's uh, celebrating a birthday of a grandkid, and so Josh, if you want to just kind of start us off in the key of you. are good, man. Really good stuff. So Josh read a little bit, or he, let, he read more out of Luke, um, and so I just want to reiterate that. Luke 2, uh, 10 through 14 reads like this, but the angel said to them, to the shepherds, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord, This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. That's out of Luke 2, 10 through 14. In this event, when we think about this event, Josh says that there's this, there's this pivotal moment. I felt like this happened last week, too. Guys, if it goes out again, there's still joy. Okay? Uh, there we go. All right. And so... Uh, so this moment where Josh speaks of this, you know, kind of this decline, 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 and then we have this advent that happens, and then we see the incline. What we want to talk about this today is this, I believe this, this coming of Jesus is the foundation of joy, right? And so uh, the very way, as I reflect on this in the passage as we read through the Gospels, as we read about Jesus' birth, the very way that Jesus is born in a stable, and we think about that for a moment, that every false pretense about who he should be or how he should come is dropped in that moment. Because he comes as a humble king. He comes as a vulnerable baby. Could we think of something that could be more vulnerable than a baby? If you've ever had the 
privilege of having a child and, and you realize how, how dependent they are upon you, it is amazing. They cannot take care of themselves, all right? And so he comes as in this vulnerable position in a stable, no doubt, and we find here the foundation of joy. And then, of course, we'd have to answer the question, then, what is joy? If there's a foundation for joy, then what is it? Because there's a lot of things that we can think that it is. Well, I got a text message uh, this week from a person that I don't, I don't think they think that they're a spiritual, like, sage, but they are. Um, and it was a reminder to me, because, I, I mean, I had, a, I had a week, guys. You ever have a, one of those weeks where you're like, what is going on in my life right now? Anybody with me? Or just a week where it's like, dude, like, hey, I got an idea. Could one more thing happen? Like, that'd be awesome, you know? And, um, and so it was one of those weeks. And so I get this reminder from uh, this person, and they said, hey, read Psalm 77. Read Psalm 77. And so I was like, okay. And I read it. And I'm going to read it to you guys this morning. And hopefully I can make through it. But it talks about joy. And I think this is a perfect picture. Psalm 77 is of joy, of what joy is. So let's go through it. Verse one, and this is coming out of the New Living Translation. I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long, I prayed with my hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I'm too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days, long since ended, when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I search my soul and ponder the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be the kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And you guys might be thinking in this moment right now, Andy, I, I'm not getting joy from that. All right, those first nine verses didn't hit me with a joy, sound of joy here. I hope, are you reading the right passage? Did you, did you mess it up again? Are you, are you referencing something else? And so how many of you guys with the psalmist can relate to some of that stuff though? Where, where you're saying, I've searched my soul and I ponder the difference now. Man, I remember when things were good and now I'm looking at things and, and have you rejected me forever? Will you ever be kind to me again? Is your love, unfailing love, is it gone? What about your promises? Have you forgotten to be gracious? Have you slammed the door of compassion on me? And then it says this, it picks up in verse 10. And I said, this is my fate. The most high has turned his hand against me. But then, but then, I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. 
O God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway that no one knew was there. And as you led your people along the road like flock of a sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. The word of the Lord is good and faithful. There are moments when we feel like in life, maybe joy has been sniffed out. But we have to see what is joy. And we see that when, when the psalmist then turns in verse 11 and says, but then, but then I recalled. I recall the goodness of God in my life, the grace of God towards me, paraphrase, the things that he's done for me and that I know that he is for me. That maybe in the moment I am down and I am feeling rejected, but I know that your joy comes in the morning. And sometimes we might say, what morning is that gonna be, God? Because I'm awake again and I'm still on the struggle bus. But his joy comes in the morning. As we reflect on the things that he has done, the foundation of joy, Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that we're going to be giddy all the time. If none of you, if, if some of you have never had a bad day in here, I just don't think you're living. I'm not wishing bad days upon you. I'm just telling you it's the reality of the world that we live in. But the joy is the foundation. Sure, happiness can be involved in that, smiling, joking around, laughing at a joke. All this stuff, that's happiness, right? It's gone, it's here. It's here, and then it's gone. But joy is this something that foundationally, like we were talking, Josh and I were talking on Friday morning, is like, it's almost like you come into the kingdom of God, you, you're apprenticed to Jesus, and joy becomes something that is in your DNA. Something that cannot be taken away. Something that no matter what storm we face, that the joy of the Lord will be my strength. And I just want to pause for a moment because I think it's, it's very important. Is this, verse 19. Your road led through the sea. And the reader that shared it with me, this most impacted her, and as I read it, I was equally as impacted, I believe, is this. Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters. Of course, we're talking about the Egyptians coming out, Egyptian, the Israelites coming out of Egypt, all right? If you, if you saw that, the red, when the Red Sea saw you, it began to shake because the Creator was going to speak. And no one saw it. They just saw 
that we need to follow God. That's what we need to do. That's been our assignment is to follow God faithfully. And then here's what it says. Your pathway through the mighty waters, through the mighty waters, not around. They didn't traverse around the sea. They went through the sea as God spoke to the sea and they just kept faithfully walking and he made a way. And it says this, a pathway no one knew was there. I was watching a show um, yesterday called Lost in Space. Anybody with me? Okay, four people. All right, good, all right. I think it's good, half my family, yeah, they were there with it. Okay, um, if you haven't seen it, I think you can watch it. Like, I think it's good, I can't remember any, so anyways, all right. Uh, if you watch and you're like, he's watching this, okay, all right, no wonder no pathway hasn't opened. Um, and so, and so, you know, I'm watching this though, and, um, and so this old school astronaut that who's been um, cryogenically um, frozen in time for 20 years, right, and you guys are like, this dude's a dork, okay, and so he's like, his daughter that he doesn't know wakes him up from this cryogenic freeze and then he's like gonna, he's gonna fly the spaceship manually because he's old school. And this girl's like, no, like the autopilot knows how to do it and, and like it does all these calculations and, and all this stuff. And, and so they're going through and he, he's flying it manually though because he's gonna do what he's gonna do, right? And then, um, so they're going, and she's like, you know, hey, you need to change 13 degrees to whatever. No, I'm gonna keep going, 13 degrees, whatever. She says, bump this, she unbuckles. She goes and turns the autopilot back on. And right, here's what it looks like. They're headed straight for an asteroid, right? Or a meteorite, excuse me. So they're headed straight for this thing. The, it looked like the dumbest thing that they could do. Go towards this huge rock, and you're for sure gonna crash. Well, here's what the problem was. The computer had already done the calculations for meteorites that were behind them that were gonna crash into that and break that open. Now, I know here, here's what I understand. God is not a computer, I get that, all right? But I will tell you one thing about God. He is sovereign. He rules and he reigns. When it looks like we're headed into a situation, but we're following God, and it may look like we're coming to the sea, and the edge of the sea, and you're thinking, we got 100,000 people or more behind me, and how are we supposed to go through this? We got all the stuff that we took from the Egyptians. And how are we supposed to get through the sea? And then that sucker starts to open up, all right? I mean, does that, is that, this isn't the only time that it happens. I mean, we've seen it happen in, our, in people we know in their lives. We've seen it happen in, in my life. And I'm not talking about the Red Sea. I went down and touched my foot in it, and all of a sudden it parted. But we've seen it in the Bible before. Hey, go right through here, okay? And what happens? Well, the Levites go out, and the water starts to dry up. God will not leave you or forsake you. And that is joy. And that is joy because when you're walking through the situations of life that might forsake you, God will not forsake you. He will not leave you. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. In the book of Nehemiah, the layman Nehemiah says this. He says, hey, 
for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, what he's going through is this, is that um, these people, he's reading the law to these people. And these people are starting to weep because they're realizing, oh my gosh, like we have been so wrong. Like we have disobeyed God in so many ways. But Nehemiah says this, no, 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 no. Stop mourning. This is not a time for mourning. This is a time for you to recognize how good God has been to you. The very things that he's led you through. So in this moment, you need to know this. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And that joy, again, is this foundational knowing that Jesus is on the throne. That knowing that my life has a purpose and a plan. And my life, like Josh said, is found in the palm of God. And so what is joy? Joy is not happiness. Joy is a deep knowing that the creator of all things has you in mind. That the creator of all things is for you and is not against you. That as you walk through the sea, as you walk through trouble, that you are not walking by yourself, but you are being led by the Lord. That is joy. That will get you up in the morning. That will allow you to look at situations that are going on in your life and say, God, you are greater than this, what I'm experiencing. Because here's why it'll do that. It's not because, oh, well, Andy said it was that way. It's because God is the truth. In him lies no lie. In him is holiness. In him is goodness and grace and mercy and peace and joy everlasting. And there's this hope that lies so deep. And there's this love that he has for us that cannot be taken away. That he loves us so much that even when we were in sin, he would die for us so that we would be made right with him. Well, who do you do that for? He did it for every one of you. For every person that you look at when you leave this place today and when you look around here, he did it for them. And that is the reality of joy. And let me tell you a little story, a little secret. The joy of the Lord is not our strength just during Advent. The joy of the Lord is our strength in our lives. All right? So when we go through things, and here's what I believe, too, is this, that God puts us in community with one another so that we can walk through things together. There are no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. We're in community for a purpose. There's for a reason. And in that uh, reason, we get to walk, I mean, in that time, we get to walk through stuff together. How many of y'all in here have walked through stuff and you're like, that was not on my 10-year plan? Y'all ever done that? All right? And you're like, that, mm, I would have done it different. 
all right? Uh, but here's what I know, and I stand up here today, and I'm, I'm just, can I, can I just be real with you guys? This has been a crazy, rough year, all right? I mean, rough year. But I know this, that God is in control, that his plans are good, and that he has us in the palm of his hands. So I want you guys, if you would, stand up with me. And just in, a, in an attitude of receiving this morning, um, I'm from the Father, is could we just pray? And um, maybe that's you. Maybe you're saying, yeah, it's been, I kind of, I kind of maybe have lost my, <laughs> my joy a little bit. And uh, let's just pray. God will just come and move, all right? Let's just do that. Father God, you are so good. In the midst of everything, you are good. In the midst of anything that we could face, you are bigger than that obstacle. And God, there are moments where we, we come to the edge of the proverbial sea and we look over and we think there's no way. But with you, there is a way because you create pathways that, that we don't see. And you dry up land so that we can walk through. And Father, I just wanna pray this morning, would you restore the joy in our lives Would you open our eyes to see all that you have provided, even in the, in the ugliest of situations, God, all that you have done, all that you have made right, that you've invited us into a relationship with you, that we could know your son, that we could be apprentices to Jesus, that we could be made right with you that we could know you, that we could enter into your presence and in your presence is where we are changed. So God, even today, would you begin to release your joy in our hearts, in our lives, that we could be more and more like you. In Jesus' name. I want to say one more thing about my man Nehemiah is this. So they're going to rebuild the wall. But I want to say this. His, his major concern was not the wall. It was that the people's hearts would be turned back to God. And so as we talk about this transformation of who we are, okay, God, God's not worried about all the scaffolding. He's worried about what's going on inside. And so as we leave here today, God wants to intersect you and change your life forever. And it's, here's what it is. It's a simple yes to Jesus.
And so as you leave here today, go out and be Christ to the people around you. All right? Peace.